0: I think we're back. Hello, hello again. Welcome to a delayed episode of Miskatonic Alumni Association. I'm one of your two hosts, Bill, and as always with me is Terry in the bedroom of doom. How are you doing, Terry?
1: Doing good, Paul. It's a nice warm sunny day down here in the southern half of the world.
0: How about yourself? I think I'm doing okay. It's still... Pretty decent weather. Still pretty decent here. Uh, but, you know, winter is coming, as the Starks would say. Well,
1: I, I know it's. I said it's sunny weather, but um, definitely not a sunny disposition when it comes to episode eight, mm-hmm. at least for myself. I don't know about you, but um, I definitely, I definitely, as I said to you before, I'm finding the show much of a muchness, and episode eight very much continues mm-hmm. that trend, I think.
0: Yeah, you know, I... I didn't dislike this episode as much as I've disliked the majority of the episodes. Uh, I think there were a couple things they they did very well in this, um, better than they've been doing in some aspects. But at the same time, it's it's done very little to win me over. Mm, I, I think... Like,
1: we were sort of wondering at one point, like, how were they going to manage to wrap up the show? Because they seem to be really treading water in a couple of the, the previous episodes. So, the, yeah. we got now down to the last, like, uh, three or so episodes, and it just seems like they're really now running through it, at least for me. Um, I think the last episode, if I remember right, it was... Um, I, it was like the, the Hippolyte episode, right? Episode 7. Yeah. Uh, where she That's was right. yeah. st- stuck in this dimensional time-shifting machine they found at the observatory. Yeah. Um, and then I just remember at the end of that episode, Tick sort of reappears and he's holding that copy of Lovecraft Country, right?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: That's how it ended. That was it, yeah. And then um, I know it's zoomed in on the uh diana's like comic book that had been left behind by the dead cops so i suppose that and is... that
0: continues into this episode yeah
1: yeah so we we once again get to see our uh crazy sheriff like i don't know like that's yeah. a that's just another like really cardboard flimsy character it's like gra- racist sheriff with magic etc cetera, etc cetera. but like a quick question from yeah. me is okay. um I was a bit lost at the start of this episode. Like I had no idea like what this big funeral was for.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, if I honestly, I don't know how well known the the crime is outside of the U.S. But yeah, back then, nineteen fifties. So what seventies years ago, roughly? There was a really brutal murder of a young boy emmett till um who appeared in like one of the previous episodes as one of diana's friends apparently i didn't catch that uh for a bit until this episode was coming up and i saw mention like yeah that was one of her friends i, I just was never thinking they were going to tie that in but yeah as um spelled out in the episode uh a bunch of racist people uh, accused him of, I think, uh, talking to a white woman or hitting on her. And uh, again, he's a 14-year-old boy, I think, and they brutally killed him, just as described in in this episode, which uh, it's one of those things where you wish this was part of the fiction, but unfortunately it's where they're incorporating what really happened. Yeah, there was a um, big community gathering because of it where um all the the black community would just unite and they had this funeral and you could imagine from the description in this episode what was done to him how bad the body was but according to the story that the parents or at least the mother wanted it to be an open casket funeral because she wanted everyone to see exactly what was done to the sun. And we get that with the comments about the smell and people vomiting and just looking completely shaken in this episode. So, yeah, that was uh, one of the many dark moments in the history of U.S. civil rights history. Because I I know, like,
1: obviously... um... Not being American, like, that totally flew over my head. Like, you know, I get the gist of it, but I didn't know whether it would have been based on something historically um, or it had just been something that had been, you know, written in the story of the show. But um, despite that, like, I, I felt like a lot of the time the scenes were just sort of very meandering and confusing at the start, especially, like, there was this love scene between uh, Ruby and William again. Yeah. And I was just, like, sitting there going, like, okay... Yeah. I I don't know why why is this in the story? Like we already know about the relationship between their characters and the dynamics, yeah. and it it just felt like something to once again sort of get that HBO
0: credit. Like that's what I was gonna say. It was the HBO moment there. It's contractual right now. And then um, I I remember telling you in the the previous
1: episode uh, that had been set in Ticks Past, where we were introduced G, and I was like. I really hope they bring her back in the show and she can play some part in it. And it's like, they heard a tiny bit of what I said and they brought her back. (laughs) But like, that was like really confusing me because she pitches up there, Tick walks in on her and Letty and there's like a tiny bit of backstory like where she's like, oh yeah, I'm this nine-tailed fox that sucks men's souls out of their body as I make love to them. (laughs) And then... Off go Lady and Tick, and we don't see Gia again. And I was like, no. okay, so has she left? Is she still sitting at that table patiently waiting <laughs> for them hour after hour? Why did she come? Like, I, I, It was almost like they just put that in there to
0: add a little bit more tension between Lady and Tick. Um, uh, I'm wondering if they're going to do, like a, at the end of the series, a little post credit stinger, like in the airplane movie, where... The guy who's in the taxi at the beginning of the movie, when the driver runs out to go into the airport and the driver gets on the plane, so it flies off. That you see at the end of the film, he's still sitting in the cab waiting for the driver to come back, and his his uh, fee is just ringing up. I wonder <laughs> if it's just gonna cut the GIA sitting there at the table and like, oh, I guess I'll just help myself to some tea. Oh but like, well, I don't know. Like yeah, it, yeah. Go ahead. No, there, there's there's a lot of that. You have Hippolyta disappear for episodes at a time uh, when she's on her little quest to Ardham County. You have Gia coming back. Just no reason, really, just doing a thing. You have all these little scenes where something happens f- with no real payoff. It's It's like they want to put something out there, but then they forgot where they're going with it. So instead of resolving it, they're like, "Yeah, oh, we'll get it later. And they just walk away and do another two episodes. And then they're like, oh, shouldn't we resolve that by now? And then maybe she'll come back again in the future. But it's so weird. But I, I just want to say, one, as happy as I was to see Gia back too, because like I said, that episode six is still top two of the series uh, for me. It's like neck and neck mm. with, I believe episode one is still my favorite by far, but We'll, we'll talk about that later. But she just comes back to give exposition. That's all. She just shows up there and, like, I right, here's the guidebook of what kind of monster I am. Let me explain the mechanics of how I work to you. It's like nobody asked, okay? Just what are you doing? So it's, I don't know. It's it's like I said, there's they're so... So many plot holes, so much sloppy storytelling in here that I really don't think the whole story was fully thought through before they started filming. I don't know the details behind it. I haven't really followed anything leading up to it, but it looks like they had their ideas, but time was running short. They had to start filming, so they just started throwing it in and thought, we'll resolve it when we get to it. And I don't think they're doing a good job. No, and yeah, GL was a letdown. One of many letdowns in this episode. Yeah, I get the, uh, the impression there was like 10 rooms with 10
1: sets of writers. And each of them had like some sort of Cliff Notes version of like the previous episode. And then they would just like write a very much self-contained episode using tiny bits and pieces from the other writers. Because there's just like one of my notes is like, I no longer feel like there is any main plot to drive the show forwards because they're jumping between characters and moments and there's no sort of rhyme or reason. Like, the timeline is sort of always, like, out of whack and out of sync. And it just seems like the characters and their motivations, there's like nothing driving them on. And you're just sitting there going like, okay, so that's 15 minutes that passed. Um, this ad breaks giving me some respite. And then you just repeat that in a couple of times, the show's over and you go like, yes, I watched this episode. That is all you forget <laughs> about it. And you move on with your life. Like, I, I just, I feel like there could have been like a, a really well told story within these first eight episodes. Um, they would, inv- we would get invested as viewers in it, and we would get invested yeah. in these wonderful characters that have been created. But, like, I, I sort of agree with you that, like, um, Episode 7 and Episode 1 are probably also my two highlights of the series. And especially with Episode 1, I felt like, oh, man, Tick looks, Tick looks like a really cool character. He's come back from the mm. Korean War. He's got this whole sort of love of reading and pulp fiction. And... He's just become a one dimensional guy that punches his um abusive father and mm. seems to have nothing else to him and I just don't oh, know I don't know like i't yeah, the, character's
0: still not growing there there's still no development, and you point this out multiple times in the past that his his whole character arc just stopped like right at the very beginning. there's no evolution of him. And he's supposedly the main character, but I don't know right now. It doesn't seem like he is the main character. And I'm not sure who the main character might be. Yeah, and I felt like Letty was at the start portrayed as like
1: a really strong woman. Um, you know, someone who was like really confident about herself and that. But now it also feels like a lot of the time she's just become the sort of. Um, damsel in distress, or not always in distress, but she's she's also become
0: less strong. She's become a kind of stereotypical kind of love interest mm. female character instead of like you said, she started out very independent, very strong. Yeah, and you could see her as a match for Tick, but uh, I, I think I mentioned to you. Um, before when I was just reading through my notes real quick just to uh remind myself what the episode was about, I it just seemed like her anger at Tick for his relationship with Gia, uh whether it's because he had the relationship with her, or whether it's because she's a monster, and Tick didn't mention that. But whatever the reason is, the fact that she just seemed to get so angry and jealous. I think they're well beyond that point right now. The stuff they experience. there's no room for anger and jealousy over something petty. Mm. Like whether it, he had a previous girlfriend before, whether that might have been the reason, or whether he had his first encounter with a supernatural monster that nearly killed him and he didn't bother bringing that up when he didn't think it needed to be mentioned before all the exactly. chaos happened around them so either case like that really took her character back a, a little that she's just going to be that complaining annoying love interest type character that you see stereotypically written in so many stories by mm-hmm. usually usually male writers screenwriters that don't really know the proper way to display a a strong woman so it might go i i haven't read anything on the on the credits about who writes each episode um so this might go back to your theory that it's just a bunch of different writers taking their own shot at the story without really knowing what happened before that's what it feels like to me too like I, I think for me, the most time thing, like, probably my
1: last word in this rant about the characters, how um, they're ready, is that probably my favorite character is still the character that died in episode two, Uncle yeah, George. Yeah, yeah. And, like, <laughs> no one has managed to surpass this character yeah. that was in for, like, just about two episodes and died,
0: which is crazy. I, I, I actually stopped myself from cutting you off earlier and bringing up wishing <laughs> Uncle George was back. But, yeah, you mentioned he was he was the glue he was the keystone of the series and you just don't realize it his first two episodes you think the series is new it's early he's gone okay he was just a catalyst but no they the show is crumbling without Mm. him i Mm. i need uncle george back uh yeah i i miss him that's that's still the best character
1: i I, so i i think like then moving on from there probably the the only sort of main story as such in this episode was pretty much Yubilada's um, daughter Diana like constantly being sort of chased by this these two demonic looking girls like that it's I suppose been um, put on by this sheriff right That's um, yeah that grabbed her at the start like uh, I, th- I think it was okay like in terms of a horror aspect I think it was uh, a yawn fest like
0: I feel very much like that that aspect has just been lost. I I'm a little bit opposite of you, though. This mm-hmm. was probably one of the things I liked the most about the episode, mainly because I liked the design of these demons. I thought I thought that they were really troubling to look at for a lack of a better word. And uh, I mean, this this curse, this this demon curse is taken straight from the movie It Follows. Have you seen that? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Definitely a good one. Yeah, film. I mean, same thing where you got the person who's cursed, only they can see the demons coming after them, and they just come relentlessly. There's no way to escape them. You could travel far, but they're still coming. So if you don't keep moving, they're going to catch up to you eventually. So, I mean, this idea was... I don't know if I want to say lifted, but it's the exact same idea from that movie, which I thought was, again, a a clever premise. I think that, like I said, the design of them, they look creepy as hell. It looks good. And I liked most of it, not all of it. I thought, again, one of the biggest problems in this series, and I don't even think you can call this a horror series at all by this point. I think it's pretty far from the horror genre uh at least pure horror people will still call it horror because there's monsters in it and a lot of people just like to get scared by very simplistic things but they show too much Hmm. the the camera was on these demonic twins for probably 80 percent of the the scenes that they were involved in so you see them close up. You see everything. And the first time you see them, they're creepy as hell. They're scary. The next time they appear, you're like, oh, my God, the Relentless is still coming. The 25th time you see them, it's like, it's wearing off on me. Okay, And, I mean, even Diana, by the end of it, she's like, oh, screw this. I'll just get a pipe and just beat the hell out of them. Because even she's not scared anymore because she's seeing them constantly. True horror again, they stole the name Lovecraft, but it has nothing to do with Lovecraft. True horror, like you would see in Lovecraft, is fear of the unknown. The less you see of a thing, the less you know about, the less you understand about, the more frightening it is. And by the time that I could close my eyes and visualize every detail about this character and sketch it from memory, I know I've seen them too much and it's no longer effective. And I just want to point out as much as I loved the design then, that's probably why they want to show it, because it was amazing design. I, I The thing that ruined it for me was at the very end, another thing this show keeps doing that angers me as a horror fan, when they're cornering Diana inside the garage or, or whatever like Uncle George's garage, I think is where she set up her ambush for them, the... One sneaks into one door and the other one comes in through the other door. But when that, I think it's the second one of the demon twins goes in, she dances in, goes into the door. Oh. And then she, she just like, <laughs> just, straight to the camera. Just like, I don't know, like just signals it out. Like, I'm a demon. Like that's, <laughs> that's for us, the viewing audience only We are not in this world. There should be no wall breaking. There should be no fourth wall breaking by demons who are coming to kill a little girl. Just go in, dance in there, kill the poor thing. Okay? And you get, like I said, we're in the episode three, the haunted house episode, where Letty and them, they're not seeing the ghosts at all, but the ghosts are appearing just to mug for the camera for our Mm. benefit. We are not part of this show. Stop breaking the fourth wall. Stop trying to incorporate us. Tell your damn story and get on with it. It's uh, I, I totally agree with you on that. Like
1: I think I I sort of s- semi laughed out when like this uh the this demonic little girl like <laughs> sort of goes through there, and looks at you, and sort of like almost gives like a big Looney Tune style wing, and goes hey <laughs> hey hey, and off she goes. Um, yeah. a, a couple of, like, like I think so that, stupid. that whole sequence, like, um, Diana was actually a pretty strong character as well. Like, that little girl's probably got yeah. more, more gumption than Tick and Lady put together. <laughs> yeah. Um, Like, I, I really like the way she even, like, found that sheriff and sort of confronts him, spits at him, and just yeah. looks off like, hey, it's another day for me doing this. Like, uh, th- that was really cool. It's like all the characters around Uncle George, are the best written ones. So Hippolyta, um, Diana, and Uncle George—like yeah. the three of them—actually seem to have some sort of strength to them. Um, like I suppose a, a couple of final like things from me was um, I, I was a bit confused about this one section with uh, Christina, where she seemed to have hired mm-hmm. two men to beat the crap out of her and then kill her. Yeah, like I, I didn't yeah. understand that. I, I like AI I, I actually
0: I, I was I was half watching when it happened. And then when when I look back I'm like, are they really killing her? I miss I I had to rewind it and go back and like actually focus and watch the scene. But I think what it is is from Ruby's comment to her where Ruby's talking about Emmett Till's murder and saying, You don't care, do you? And Christina like, No, because like why would she really care about the affairs of mortals when she's trying to become immortal? Um the the affairs of the common people were not of any interest to her but i think she really is in love with ruby i think she really is trying to have that human connection with ruby and i think she went through it because she said like she she doesn't experience this stuff she doesn't experience this pain so i think she wanted to be killed the exact same way that the boy was so she would in her way understand that pain that ruby is going through and understand the pain that that's affecting that community even though she doesn't care about the community she only cares about ruby but i think she actually did it as an act of love to be mm-hmm. honest to yeah, me that's why i got out of it i i mean that makes sense
1: when you point that out right like um i th- i think like a, a few other things was uh I was really happy finally you see our good friends, the Shogoths, return, like you know, little cameo appearance <laughs> right at the end and you conveniently um, kill every single cop outside the,
0: yeah. the building that was shooting there. Um Can I say I was so angry to see the Shargoths again?
1: <laughs> I am I'm, I'm sort of like a bit confused though. I I'm not sure who was controlling them or how did they magically appear there just as
0: tick sort of appeared like are they connected now, to him w- yeah what i think it is is i think that was the spell montrose cast when they wanted to do a protection spell on ah. on um tick and that was the spell they cast so it's sort of like when the shagos and god forgive me for calling these things shoggoths because they are not shoggoths but that's in this universe they are but remember in episode two like the shoggoths come to defend christina so she's the one who taught the protection spell or maybe like she she's the one that was um well she knows the magic for it so it would make sense that if they cast a similar spell on tick it would be to summon shoggoth to to protect him and again let me go back to my rant because I only have negative things to say these days, it appears. Again, in the aspect of horror, okay, the more you show of a monster, the less scary it is. And here comes a Shoggoth that was supposed to be a frightening creature, but now it's like a dog. It's It's like a guard dog for the main characters. Who are now so desensitized to these monsters, they really don't flinch when they appear anymore. Mm. Again, Lovecraft in name, not Lovecraft in substance. Because anything like this in a true Lovecraftian story would be so horrifying that people would be losing their minds from terror. Mm-hmm. This is not horror at all. It's a pulp story, and it's a science fiction pulp story that has a lot of, I can't even say potential because the potential is gone, but it was created with a lot of potential and it was squandered, which is sad. I know we still have two episodes left, but uh, I think the writing's on the wall by this point
1: yeah I, I, I don't think this one's gonna effectively join the pantheon of great HBO shows. Um, but I'll, I'll probably have more to say about that like once we wrap up the entire series. Um, yeah. I think that was actually all I, I really wanted to say about this episode. I suppose the, the more the less time we spend the better unless there's anything uh, you'd like to
0: add. No, I mean, just taking a look back at my notes, I I think we covered the main points because unlike the earlier episodes, it's not really themes in it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, like we said, they, they started off pretty strong, but the episodes afterward just seemed to be, I think meandering was the best word you use there. They're just wandering off in random directions. It's like trying to control a a group of toddlers mm. in a toy store. And it's like you have all these great ideas, but they see something shiny and they start running off. And you just, like, grab one, pull it back, and the other two are just wandering off somewhere. You lose one kid for 20 minutes. You're searching for it. Like, where did the other ones go now? There's just Mm -hmm. no wrangling of all these ideas that you brought in the first place. And I don't know how they're going to wrap this up. I just, I think... This show needs to be watched twice to fully understand all the nuances of it, but I don't think I'll want to watch it a second time. By mm. the time it's done, Yeah that's, that's what breaks my heart about it. Yeah, so I don't really have anything more to say about this one, except, except one more thing. I I will point out Hippolyta's missing again. The hell, like this this woman, her her. Her, like, main trick in the series is to just walk off screen and be forgotten for episodes. I remember
1: Diana, like, sort of, like, um, is shouting, I think, a tick in Montrose at some point, like, you know, where's her mother? And they, Montrose yeah. just keeps telling her, oh, oh, she's on a she's on a trip, a guide trip. But I know during the episode, like, Diana actually stumbles across uh, the car, Woody. So, obviously, mm-hmm. she knows yeah. some things happened to her mother, but... Yeah. I I think it's sort of glossed over almost. Like nobody's like, oh man, I wonder like is she still trapped in this multidimensional rift or anything like <laughs> yeah, you, you know, yeah. small things like that might actually let yeah. us you know, comprehend that, oh, okay, these characters are still concerned about the fate of Hippolyta, but like it, it's totally not spoken about almost. It's almost like there's this sort of silence about
0: it, which is a bit, you know, disconcerting. Yeah and I I just don't get it and I agree with you I think some of the strongest characters in the series have been Uncle George Hippolyta, and Diana that family right there is spectacular Mm. and Uncle George dies Diana's barely in it until this recent episode and then they just take every moment to have Hippolyta get lost and nobody really questioned like what she might be coming back, I suppose, someday, maybe. Who knows? Oh, well. Any idea where the, where the
1: title of the episode comes from? Jigabobo?
0: Yeah, I I, I, I do, <laughs> unfortunately. Unfortunately, I, I believe I do. And I don't know if this this uh, video or podcast is the best, best place to explain <laughs> the meaning behind it if we want to stay on YouTube. Needless to say growing up i heard a form of this um with a with uh, again i just i if nobody knows I'm, i don't really feel like teaching them so uh, a form of this as a racial slur for black people and bobo being the nickname i don't know if it was the real nickname of emmett till or at least the nickname they gave him in the series oh, replacing okay. the correct if you want to say correct, uh, slur word that they uh, that goes in that place. So yeah, I, I do. Hmm. I do. Maybe after the camera stops rolling, I'll explain it to you.
1: Oh man, well this has been sadly. an episode of okay. learning for me, like asking <laughs> yeah. about the, the death of Emmett and uh, slurs from a time before. But well, um, S-
0: sadly, uh, I I will have to admit I wasn't raised in in a extraordinarily liberal part of the country. So I I heard my fair share of terms that uh, are all too familiar to me watching this show. And yeah, it's an uncomfortable reminder of a past I left behind decades ago. So it's, it's really shocking to hear this stuff again, because now, like I said, I live in a country where this really isn't a thing. I haven't had to deal with it or put up with people like that. And yeah, this brings it right back to the forefront of the memory. It's horrible, the stuff that happened in that country. And I'm glad I was in live back in the days that this is set in, because I can't imagine what that's like.
1: Well, I think with that, um, maybe it's a, a good time to wrap this one up. Um, I think uh, we we will be releasing another episode as well for episode nine.
0: Yeah, that'll be coming um, right. very soon. <laughs> very so, uh, soon. Uh,
1: at least we're working our way through this. I'm surprised we can get as many talking points as we can out of each of these
0: episodes. So, I believe uh, it's easy to complain. So, yeah, I think I think uh, as long as this show stays bad, we're going to be able to talk about it. Oh, man.
1: I, I just keep remembering that old film with uh, was it Walter Matthau and um, I can't remember the other actor, but it was that Two Grumpy Old Men. And it's just like these <laughs> yeah, two yeah, old yeah. guys complaining about stuff. I'm like, yeah, well that's probably so far what our talk about this is going. But um yeah, I think as always people can sort of uh check out their oh man, I need to I need to make a list to ref- reference each time. But I know there's the Instagram, there's the Twitter, um, there's obviously this in an audio podcast form, there's the YouTube that people might be watching this on. Um have I missed any out? I'm not sure. Twitch eventually twitch eventually i think yeah i mean we've got a channel set up there so it's just a matter of hitting that and i think that's all right just really those five channels if people want to choose their poison and go for it um Pinch and it's, poison, always, like, yeah. it's always like yeah always like interaction any of those is always appreciated um yep. and i suppose like we have got to give a shout out again to some of the fellow lovecraft fans that uh i always got to remember hplhs you know it's, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a mouthful but the, the historical yeah. society the lovecraft historical society um they're amazing yeah
0: yeah best and found I, I think on Facebook, once yeah? once we get through these episodes of lovecraft country yeah we'll be doing a lot more free form episodes on well, free form not discussion episodes but more showcasing a lot of the stuff um uh, particularly a lot of the cool stuff from the hplhs uh so. I'm looking forward to those episodes. Yeah, I think, like, probably, like, the best thing about being a fan of Lovecraft
1: is it's not just, like, self contained in his books. It's, like, there's this whole universe of, like, connected, uh, sort of media in a way. So, similar to you, I'm also looking forward to hitting that. But, uh, yeah, that's in the near future. Yes,
0: indeed. Yeah. So, I think we're done here, right? Yep. That's all from me. Yeah, that's all. Stay tuned for for uh, the next episode episode 9 almost done with Lovecraft Country and hope you join us there please yeah thanks for everything thanks for watching if you got this far and um yeah we'll see you next time it is. Okay.